welcome everybody to a fun new initiative of our global missions department. We are trying to uh, create a platform where our congregation can learn more, uh, be educated about what God is doing around the world, and through that to be empowered in how we can participate. Uh, we hope to expose you through our ministry partners, uh, people that in ministries that we've partnered with for a long time, uh, and we have a lot to learn from. And today we are very, very excited uh, to have our ministry partner with us who works with YWAM. Uh, he is based in Spain and works with Muslim uh, countries. And he uh, is married with three kids, and he is going to help us uh, learn about what God is doing in the Muslim world and specifically educate and equip us about what Ramadan is and how we can not only participate uh, as Christians, but also be empowered to reach um, Muslims as a growing population in our own city here in San Antonio. So we're very, very honored to have this time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here with you guys. Well, I'm wondering, uh, we're, just so everyone knows, we're, we're not saying your name just for uh, the uh, protection of what God is doing through you for you and your family. But would you share a little bit uh, with us about what the Muslim world is and specifically the diversity that's within Islam across what we call the Muslim world? Sure. Um, just let me introduce uh, how Islam came. Uh, first, Islam came to the world about 1500 years ago uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the area, in the Gulf area, what we call it Saudi Arabia, it's specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came through a man called Muhammad uh, and, um, and it started uh, very slow uh, in, in the area of Mecca. Uh, and Medina, and um, and it started. Um, Muhammad started uh, uh, um, try to convince his friends, the the area, the people around him, and uh, and so he started growing. He was a very good, uh, influential guy, and um, and the more he started growing, the more he started getting uh, more ideas about getting outside of his own country. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, and I, I want to also uh, uh, explain something about Islam. Islam has a five pillars, uh, which is um, most Muslims. Do you really? Uh, it's about duty, like um, uh, pray, praying, uh, uh, giving uh, two two and a half percent of their income uh, to poor people or to the mosque. Um, pilgrimage, um, if they can afford financially, uh, they can go to Mecca uh, just to visit where Muhammad used to live. Um, there is also the fourth pillar is called the witnesses, uh, the two witnesses. Um, every Muslim need to say, um, uh, I witness that God is the only God and Muhammad is the prophet of God. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah. and if you said that, it means you are a Muslim. Even if anyone said that they are not Muslims before they die, they try to convince them to say uh, this to witnesses. Um, and the fifth one is um, the, the, the fasting, uh, fasting Ramadan. And we're going to hear about Ramadan, but before people get too 
excited about only a two and a half percent almsgiving. I know as Christians, we uh, we have a baseline of tithing, which is 10 percent, but I think it highlights a great distinction between the two faiths. On the one hand, uh, Islam is very performance driven, driven, and you you have to practice the five pillars and actually uh, approach uh, uh, Allah uh, um, through Islam in a way that it's almost skills, like you're weighed in your performance. Uh, Christianity is uh, very different. We know that we are all uh, hanging in the balance on the scales. There's no way that we could be perfect to earn God's favor or our place. We're saved by his grace alone. And so our giving is a response. The tithes uh, and the offerings that we give are an act of worship uh, in view of his mercy. And so there's a key distinction between the faiths, and at the center, that's the gospel. It's a personal work of Jesus. But if you could share with us a little bit about that fifth pillar, the, the fasting, what, what is called Ramadan, and that is a whole month, right, a whole lunar calendar month uh, that is coming upon us. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, just before I say that also, uh, I want to add about something about ties, you know, the two and a half percent. I think Muslims give two and a half percent out of being afraid uh, yeah. from God. It's yeah. not, uh, we give, we, we as Christians, we give because we believe God, you gave us, you blessed us, and we are going to um, give it back to you. But for right. them, uh, I, I give two and a half percent. Uh, because if I didn't do that, God will take my money away from me. So <laughs> out of fear from the, from God, not out, out of, oh, I'm giving you back, yeah. uh, God. Uh, something also about uh, prayer. Muslims pray five times a day. Uh, right. And the same prayers, they don't really think much about what they pray. Uh, it's becoming like a memorizing prayers. Mm-hmm. And they don't really meditate about it. Uh, so that's the two things I want to share about uh, um, prayer and, and uh, ties. Um, I, I will go back again now to uh, Ramadan Thank uh, you. Or, or fasting Ramadan. Um, every year there is a one month of Ramadan uh, where Muslims can fast uh, all the entire month. Um, the, they start from sunrise to sunset. Uh, from sunrise to sunset, they don't uh, eat anything or drink anything, or even if they are smoking cigarettes or anything, they don't do that. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a month for them. Uh, it's, they call it the holy month. It's a month yeah. where they try to get closer to God. Um, a lot of them try to finish reading um, the Quran. Uh, uh, and, and the more you finish reading the Quran, the more... Uh, you take good deeds, you know, uh, Islam uh, depends on, uh, they believe in, in, uh, in uh, they believe in, in Ghana, uh, heaven and, and, and hell, you know, uh, they say if you, uh, if you do something, some good deeds, you will have uh, the angel on the right counting how many uh, points you go, uh, what points you have, you did something wrong. Uh, mm. You will have bad points, and when you die, <laughs> you, will, right. uh, you will see if you have more good points, you go to uh, uh, heaven, even if there is no uh, uh, guarantee about that. But, but it's in like Ramadan, a big scoreboard. <laughs> yes, it exactly scoreboard. Uh, and uh, and uh, Ramadan, in the month of Ramadan, um, uh, they say if, if you go to pray in the mosque, 
every step from your house to the mosque, uh, you will take, you will have a hundred times more good deeds than a normal day. So wow. a lot of them try to go to uh, the forest mosque even to, uh, to get more good deeds. Uh, wow. if every time they finish the, uh, re uh, reading the Quran, they have more uh, good deeds. So um, it's becoming like a mathematic um, sure. for a lot of Absolutely. Um, you know, having lived, I lived in Indonesia for a long time, which is the largest uh, Muslim popula populated country in the world. And you could yeah. see Ramadan. I mean, they would put blinds in all of the restaurants and shut down. They wouldn't serve food uh, to really try to promote the fasting. And people were walking to their prayers very regularly. Those are images that that um, really uh, ring true for my experience as well. Uh, but it's a, it's a great time, I think, for Christians to pray for the Muslim world. And, and one thing we want to do for our church is we want to empower prayer, targeted prayer, uh, through offering a prayer guide for Ramadan. Now, why, why would you encourage people uh, to pray for Muslims as they are praying during Ramadan? What, why would that be an opportunity for us? Uh, I think uh, because they try to get closer to God right. in their own way, uh, even if they are... Uh, I have to say they are he, they are believing in in a different God than ours. Right. So um, so at, uh, so the more we pray that Jesus go and open their eyes to mm. to see the truth to know the truth uh, that will help them because they are uh, trying uh, their best to not to uh, not to do a lot of bad mistakes uh, sin. You know, uh, try to be holy because um, this is what uh, their God is saying. Mm. So um, they are more in in, a, in an atmosphere of um, can 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 listen to uh, or have time to listen to to God. Uh, so if we pray, God, uh, um, open their eyes to um, in your own way for them to understand, uh, even when they read when they read the Quran. Right. Um, you know, the uh, God can open their eyes about many things because it happened many times when people start reading the Quran to understand, right. not to go, not to take good deeds. There is different. Uh, yeah. A lot of them, even in Ramadan, they just want to finish the reading the Quran to take the the good deeds or point. But if they start reading the Quran to understand. This is the main point that we are looking for, because uh, I have never seen anyone who read the Quran to understand and he didn't leave Islam. Right. I mean, because it, it lacks uh, internal coherence. There's lots yeah. of inconsistencies. And uh, one thing that I pray during Ramadan is that uh, friends of mine that are um, that are Muslim, that are practicing, that they would experience the emptiness of it. Uh, and that they would long for a true connection with God, not one that is based on their performance. And so I, what I hear you articulating is a real opportunity for all of us as, as, as a Christians at our church in particular uh, to really participate in praying for Jesus to reveal himself. What a beautiful prayer. We hear stories all the time of, uh, from the Muslim world where people see visions uh, of Jesus or people are drawn uh, to Christ through relationships with people they might not even have known were Christians. Uh, tell us where you see God working to draw Muslims to himself, or as you 
develop uh, and train leaders that are Christians, Muslim background leaders? Where are you seeing God working right now? Oh, God is doing an amazing thing right now. Um, I think um, uh, the, I have been 29 years working in this uh, ministry. Wow. And uh, the more I work, the more I discover that uh, Muslim background believers are the best one to witness to their own country and or people. Uh, because, um, because Muslim look at me as a Christian, uh, um, with so many questions, we cannot talk, go through it in, in right now. But uh, but uh, but when a, when a Muslim will say, you know, this is what happened to me. This is what Jesus came to me in a dream, or this is what mm. Jesus changed my life. Um, the, the, this witness, the personal testimony, is the most powerful thing for Muslims. So uh, I, I have been realizing that. Um, you know, the best thing for me to do is try to train and help the Christian background believers how to be leaders, how to be, um, because, okay, here is the point. When a Muslim came to know the Lord, it's not the end. We think that this is the end of the story, but this <laughs> is nothing, you know. It's a new uh, beginning, right? <laughs> it is the new beginning. A lot of people the, the the Muslims the they believe in Jesus but they still living under the influence influence of Islam. Mm. Um, um, uh, I, I have one guy um, in he was in my school and we were playing uh, uh, Yadzi. It's a very f- funny silly game, you know. And he was trying to flip the dice because he wanted to win, and uh. he didn't he didn't understand that this is not right. You know, but because this is what he had been living all his life, is that oh, I that's different. If I if I cheating in in a game to win, you know, it, it, this is like a very uh, um, uh, funny simple, uh, story. But what I mean is, the more I train those people to to live a, a good life, daily life with Jesus, are the more powerful because when persecution comes and so many times persecution comes when we as workers leave the countries Mm. Mm. uh, if we don't train those leaders uh, we are going to lose everything and it happened before in in our area uh, 10 years ago so um, uh, uh, right now uh, because of the COVID-19 that hit us you know we are. We started a year ago. We started doing something called, um, you know, all the schools we have been working or I have been doing in the last ten years. I collected all the graduates from that schools. Everybody who finished DTSs in the last ten years, wow. we start meeting every week um, uh, with them, and um, and uh, step by step we find out that um, uh, we in, we made another meeting. Uh, where every one of them started to have a, a group of followers or, or church or friends. So we started another meeting where we meet, uh, we call it the, the kingdom family, where mm. anybody, whether they are Christian believers or non-believers or they are looking for the truth, we are meeting all of us together. So, uh, and we start working on, 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 on them, the, the graduates that, uh, now we have a, a lady, she has uh, two churches. 
She opened two churches, women churches. Uh, a couple, they have 30 people in their, in their wow. meeting. Um, that's just because we are trying to focus on, uh, on our DTS graduates to right. encourage them uh, to, uh, to do that. So there is a lot of multiplication, even if we are uh, locked down here in, in our country. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, uh, they are, um, if we encourage them, if we train them, uh, they will do great things. Well, that's a, it's a beautiful picture for two, at least two reasons. First, I mean, all new believers uh, have to be trained. They have to be led. They have to be parented, really, in the faith. That We call that discipleship. And, and so to eliminate that temptation to just have a very shallow faith, and you, you are really helping Christians mature in the gospel. That's beautiful. But not only that, you, you articulate a, a powerful picture of the multiplication, the fruitfulness that comes. Uh, you, you mentioned DTS schools. Those are actually discipleship training schools that you have led. And, and many of your graduates go on to actually start churches, build churches, and, and help advance churches around the region, right? And that's it. for both of those reasons, it's a really powerful picture. It's also important for believers uh, to have deep roots when difficult times come. And that would include uh, circumstances like a bad economy or uh, a pandemic. Those are bad times for Western American Christians. But you're living in a world where persecution, risk of life is, is very real. Uh, why, where have you seen the, the deep roots of discipleship and faith uh, give strength during tough times of persecution for Christians in the Muslim world? Um, okay, I, I, I do believe um, knowing, knowing God, and I, I don't mean also only for Muslims, I, I mean for even for us as Christians, uh, we need to grow up in our uh, understanding of who God is. Um, yes. Uh, how things can we can do it to to become a better people, having um, introducing the Jesus image in the right way. Because mm. there's so many people, um, sadly, especially in the Muslim world, they have a bad idea or a bad image of a Christian person. Um, there's so many times I. I I, I am uh, going to say a story right now to show that our lifestyle can change people. Mm. I was in a Muslim country and, um, and I met this guy, uh, great guy, engineer, you know, uh, he's, he was a homeless guy for some reason, uh, long story. And, and this guy, all, he doesn't have money. All what I did for, for him and my team, we were um, inviting him to eat with us breakfast, lunch and dinner. That's all what we did. And, and, um, and after, after a while, he said, uh, what are you doing here? We said, we are, we are here to pray for this country. Mm. Like, he said, what do you mean? You, you come all the way from your own country to, to pray, to pray for what? So we said, we pray for this country, that God will bless the country, bless the president, bless the people. Uh, 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 so he said, that's all? So he said, can I come with you? I said, of course, you can come with us if you would like to. So he came, and after five days, he came and he said, I would like to become a Christian. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you want to become a Christian? I didn't even talk to you about God or about Jesus or about being Christian or anything. 
He said, you don't need to, to, to talk to me about Jesus because I saw him in your team. Wow. So, so, so many times we think that we need to say something, but, but if we really live a good life uh, as a Christian people who love Jesus, I think it will change people without talking. That's a great story. And it's a perfect bridge to the final question. And Lindsay is, uh, I want her to chime in on this too, but in San Antonio, we have a growing Muslim population. This is generally coming through uh, different immigrants and refugees. But I think I can anticipate the answer after that story. I mean, what a beautiful, powerful picture that hospitality plays in displaying the love Christ and inviting people, just living invitationally that they would uh, be drawn to the Lord. But what are ways that you would suggest for our church family, Lindsay, and, and both of y'all, uh, if you could answer this, that we could reach out and show the love of Christ to a grows, growing Muslim population in our city? Okay, uh, this question is very good. I can spend days talking about it. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, let me say it very quickly. Muslims, yeah, they are our cousins. Go mm. back a long story where Abraham didn't have a boy. Uh, Sarah gave him Hagar and he got Ishmael. Right. And after that, Ishmael came and after that, Isaac came. So Abraham kicked Hagar and Ishmael out of the, of, of the family. Right. So very, very short. I have a big teaching about it. I hope one time I can come to, to say it, but by... To make it short, Ishmael didn't do anything wrong to be kicked out. He didn't do anything wrong. Uh. It wasn't his fault. So, so basically, us and, and Muslims, because Muslims came from Ishmael, we are cousins. Uh. We are or originally, originally one family. That's one thing. Second thing, he didn't do anything wrong. Right. The rejection. The spirit of rejection, uh, and this is the most hard thing you can find with Muslims, the spirit of rejection. If mm -hmm. we can help them to get out of that spirit of this bondage, spirit of rejection, we are going to see a lot of miracles happen. There mm -hmm. is three, uh, I will end up with these three major things if you forgot my words, what I said, remember those three things that we have it in Christianity and they don't have it in Islam. Yeah. Number one, God is love. We have God is love. They don't have God is love. Yeah. They have a 99 names for God, but none of the 99 names of God called God is love. Mm. So share about what did that mean to you, God is love. The second thing, I can have a personal relationship with God. They don't have that. Uh, they believe the last person who heard God and God talked to him was Muhammad mm. 1,500 years ago. So if I can share what God to me, I can talk to God, God can answer my prayers, uh, it will change all their identity and, and, and understanding of who God is. That's number two. Number three, uh, the... Um, the, the salvation, the assurance of salvation. We believe if we believe in Jesus Christ that he came and he died for us, we will be going heaven. We have the assurance that God will take us to heaven. They don't have this assurance at all. 
Uh, mm. The second leader after Muhammad, he said, if my left, if my right uh, legs in heaven and my left leg legs uh, out of heaven, I'm not sure that God mm. will take you to heaven. So like right. half of his body in heaven, there is no assurance, even if they pray, even if they give to another percent, even if they fast Ramadan, they everything God it's up to God, and yeah. we will never ever uh, um, change our destiny. If God chose you, no, but no matter no matter what happened, um, He will not change His destiny. Amen. So, Those are powerful <laughs> distinctions right there, and I do hope that you can come and and unpack them and share them more in person, uh, because we want to grow in loving our, our Muslim neighbors in this city. And Lindsay, you are our director of missions and mobilization. What would you add to that? Um, I think these three points are so strongly rooted in gospel and truth. Um, and that very truth that I think our Muslim neighbors are seeking through Ramadan and um, personally, I think that building relationships in order to be able to share those things in, in a, vulnerable uh, setting is really important. And so um, I'd just love to hear kind of some practical steps you might encourage our church to take. Um, uh, I wanna encourage everybody uh, by telling you that Muslims are not dangerous. Mm. They are not gonna bite us. I'm not gonna bite you. Um, <laughs> the bad Muslims, the bad Muslims, they are hiding underground. You know, uh, most Muslims, uh, they are like us. They wanna raise their kids. They wanna get more money, get much better life. Um, so um, don't don't be afraid of them. You need to be wise, but don't be afraid of them. Show them uh, that you care about them. Show them that um, this is what Jesus said. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, our religion is a religion of love. It's a family religion. Uh, so the more we show them that we care about them, the more we show them um, that um, who Jesus is in our life, the more they will understand, they will change their, their, their idea about us. Um, uh, a lot of few things we can be, uh, try, try to avoid is, don't talk bad about Islam or about Muhammad. That's very, very important because Muhammad for them is like Jesus for us. Exactly. So don't try to um, don't try to get angry if he said something bad or try to put you in in a in a, in a difficult position. Don't don't get angry at them. Don't uh, 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 don't try to. Let them, okay, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a war, like I'm gonna win or lose. It's not about winning or losing. It's again, it's about relationship. Um, show, uh, again, show them your hospitality. Um, uh, when Ramadan comes, say, I, I hope that you'll have a great Ramadan uh, month, you know? Uh, tell us more, ask questions. Yeah. Uh, if you ask them questions, uh, they will um, open their hearts and they will be able to ask you questions also about your faith. That's great. And I'm hearing that takes a lot of intentionality of relationship. And part of that for us uh, is providing platforms for uh, people to do that in our congregation. And there's different organizations that uh, can empower that in our city and 
relationship. And so we'll be sure to uh, keep those on everybody's radar. But right now, I want to thank you so much for joining us for your longstanding partnership with our congregation. Uh, and I, I want to invite all of our FBC family to uh, pray for the Muslim world during Ramadan. We will provide booklets uh, that will be all throughout the building and online uh, if you're not able to come down here during this time. But uh, they're very, they're beautiful, actually, and informative of the different countries and the uh, different flavors of Islam and different specific ways that we can pray for what God is doing. So uh, this has been a very encouraging time for me. Thank you both for joining us. And uh, we will look forward to more of these uh, quick interviews so that we can continue learning from our ministry partners and how we can more faithfully and fruitfully participate in what God is doing around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. And uh, thank you for praying and, and working hard to reach out to Muslims in your country. Thank you very much.